Well, good morning. We're in a series of sermons called Fortify. Uh, I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. I'm, here's, here's my goal. It wasn't until I heard the singing that this became my goal. My goal is to preach for... Sixteen minutes. Don't get too carried away. It ain't going to happen. It's only a goal. And then they're going to come out and sing that song is the invitation song. I want you to write down a bunch of stuff. I'm not going to tell you what to write down. I just want you to have a pen ready. Because here's the title of the message today. This is the only thing I'm going to ask you to write down. Trusting in the God you say you believe in. Do you really trust the God you say you believe in? If I were to ask you how many of us believe in Jehovah God, creator and sustainer of the universe and all that there is, we would say, oh, that is pathetic, people. We would say, that is still pathetic. We would say, you're getting better at it. If we were to say, if I was to say to you that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God who came to this earth, born of a Virgin Mary, lived 33 and a half years of a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins and my sins, and on the third day he rose again, we would affirm that and say, Amen. We believe that the Holy Spirit is the comforter of God to guide us and direct us and encourage us and to inspire us and to motivate us to live godly and righteously like his Son, Jesus Christ. And we would all affirm that and say, And we believe that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. And we hold its truth to be our rule of faith and practice in our lives. And we would affirm that by saying, however, I'm afraid for many of us, the God that we say we believe in on Sunday, we take a total disconnect from trusting in God on Monday. For most of you who just amen, we believe it on Sunday. We struggle to trust it on Monday. I want you to understand there is a tremendous difference in believing and trusting. You can believe something in your head and not affect your heart or your will. But when you trust something, I mean, when you really trust something, it takes a hold of all of you. And yet there seems to be this great disconnect for many who claim to believe in Jesus Christ and God the Father. And yet it's this paradox of of faith that you and I trust God to save us from our sins and to give us an eternal home in heaven. But yet we don't trust him enough to help us navigate life here on earth. I simply want to talk to you about believing in the God or trusting in the God that you might struggle to believe in. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 3. The book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to la- navigate life from God's perspective. It's not that you got a BA or a BS from college or a master's or a or a PhD, it it, it just means you got more information. Doesn't mean you have more wisdom. Wisdom is being able to take the truth of God's word, applying it 
to your heart life situation, being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit so that you can skillfully navigate life. And that's where we struggle to trust him because we know what we know. And we like what we like. And quite honestly, we're so selfish that we want what we want. And when we have to trust in God, we have to give up the right to be in control. Not many of us like that, do we? Most of us like having the keys to the car, don't we? We like sitting in the steering wheel and and driving it where we want it to go. But that's not wisdom. Matter of fact, the Bible, the wisdom book in the Old Testament, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1 and verse, uh, verse 20, you have a passionate father desperately, passionately trying to get his son and his daughters to listen to the voice of wisdom. Wisdom is talked in as the pronoun she, but it's representative of God's wisdom. And he's saying that God's wisdom screams to us in the streets. That God's wisdom cries out loud. In other words, God doesn't want you to miss his wisdom. God does not simply scream wisdom to you one hour a week on Sunday. Every day of your life, every situation you're in, he is screaming wisdom out to you. His wisdom is screamed out through this book, through the residing presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. And he says, trust me. Trust me. God, I'm at a fork in the road. I don't know what to do. God says, trust me. I do. It's kind of like if you were a, uh, uh, some of us have flown this summer and we're going to fly here in a little bit. And I don't want a pilot who goes, you know, I don't really need air traffic control today. I'm going to take off on the runway that I just kind of feel like it today. I'm going to take the route that just feels good to me. I'm going to fly at the altitude that I like. And you know what's going to happen? Unless, I mean, if he's an expert, he, he may make by. The problem is, is his perspective is limited. Do you know that at any given time, there are 6,000 airplanes, a little more, a little less, in the air at any one time? And it's not like if you get a little bump in a, with another airplane, you can just kind of pull off the side of the cloud and talk about it. There is a perspective that the air traffic controller has that the pilot does not have. And when you come to all the forks in the road with all of its possibilities, I want you to understand you are limited by what you know. But there is a spiritual air traffic controller who has unlimited vision. His perspective is otherworldly. And while you may not know the best route to take, he knows the best route to take. And he screams out to you, trust me. Don't just simply assent to believe in me one hour on Sunday, but trust me with your decision.
trust me. If you were to flip to verse 33 in that same chapter, you'll find that the Bible says, He who listens to me, wisdom, shall live securely and be at ease without dread of disaster. In other words, you'll have peace of heart. Do you know why some people struggle with just, they're just wound up tighter than a, whatever that is, they're just wound up tighter than that? It's because we are so trusting in everything else and everything else either has or will let you down, but there is one who will never let you down. And why is it we trust him last instead of first? Because you know what we do. We come, to, we come to an issue we don't understand. What's the first thing we do? Well, we used to talk to our neighbor about it, but now we Google it. And we don't even know the people who Googled it. If you're Googling depression, they may be a manic depression, depressing, writing about manic depression, and you may think that they're like Dr. Wizard of Oz and life is good in the Mario land of Oz. I'm just simply saying there is a wisdom that comes from above that if you trust in it, if you trust in him, whoever listens to it, live in safety, be at ease, and without fear of harm. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord. Would you read it with me? Trust in the Lord. No, no, no. Read it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, for he shall direct your path. There's several things in this verse that I just kind of want to throw out. First of all, we're to love God completely. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The first thing you got to know if you're going to navigate life successfully is you got to trust God entirely. The word trust means to put one's total weight on. For example, right now, every one of you is trusting in that chair entirely because your total weight is on it. I'm looking around the room and I don't see anybody doing this thing right here. You know, I don't quite trust my chair. So I want to put 40% on my weight on the chair. I'm going to kind of keep 60% for me because I really don't know if I can trust this chair or not. Oh, man, some of you are sitting there, you're laying back, you're just all sprawled out, got your arm around your woman, and you're just all kind of good, and you're just leaning back, and just, life's good. Some of you nodded off already, and it's just, man, you're just happy. You are totally trusting. Your total weight is on that chair. That's what it means. When he says, trust in the Lord, he says, with the totality Of all that you are, rest in me. With all that you have, put your weight on me. That's why he says don't lean on your own understanding. You you have the, the the, the contrast of trusting on God or leaning on your own understanding. The word that he uses for lean is almost like a little twig thing. It just easily broken. And he says, you can put your whole weight on me or you can lean on something that breaks. He says, trust in God completely. 
It's an interesting phrase when he says, trust in God. In, in all that you are, Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Look at the order of the verse. We've looked at the word trust. Look at the order. Trust in the Lord. Isn't that a great verse? Trust in what? The Lord. Trust in your 401? Nope. Trust in the Lord. Trust in your job? Nope. Trust in the Lord. Trust in your best friend? Nope. Trust in the Lord. Trust in your health? Nope. Trust in the Lord. Trust in, nope, in everything. Trust in the Lord first. See, I can tell you what you truly trust in by what you turn to first in your time of crisis. I'm talking to people who just, amen, that we believe in God the Father. I'm talking to people who just, amen, we believe in Christ the Son. I'm talking to people who believe, who just, amen, we believe in the the Holy Spirit, the great three in one. I'm just simply saying that those of you, there's many of us who affirm those great three eternal truths of Scripture. And yet, when it comes to crisis moments in our lives, we turn to something entirely other than God for a decision that should be something that is holy God's. And I just believe what you turn to first is really kind of what you trust. And when all else fails, we go, well, try God. You know, as a last resort, well, let's pray about it. I've been doing what I'm doing for 35 years now. And when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I think there's two ways that you you, you get this, and you trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's by ingraining the word of God in your life. It's reading the book. It's an incredible book. I, I hope you read it sometimes. It's incredible. And the reason that we turn to other things is because we watch more things than we spend time in this than we spend time in this thing. We can tell you recipes, but not scriptures. We can tell you ball scores and ball stats, but not scripture. We can tell you problems and current news and current trending and current pop culture, but we can't tell you scripture. Listen, if you're going to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, then you got to have his wisdom in you. And the best way to get his wisdom in you is to read the book. And second is you pray. In 35 years, I have not come across, and man, there have been some. Whoo, you want to talk about ridiculous problems come across my desk? Problems that I have never come across a problem with people have brought to me where there is not a principle or precept from God's word to address that issue. Never. In 35 years. In fact, I think I could, I could pastor for 135 more years and never come across a principle or a precept or a, that does not address the problem that they're facing. You say, well, pastor, those are general truths, those principles and precepts. I understand that. That's why you need scripture and prayer. Prayer brings the, the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance. And that's where we're faced with the decision. Do we trust the God that we say we believe in? 
Or do we just do our own thing? Fly our own plane? Take off and land where and how we want to? See, the disconnect for most of us believing is God is, is we don't trust God. And what we do then is we mix his... Let me, let me back up just a second. Here's what most of us do. Most of us in here as good Bible-believing, Sunday morning, 9.30 in the morning, hey, singing the song, dear old Jesus, service, people would go, you know what? I don't distrust God, but here's what we do. We mix the wisdom of God with our own wisdom. Instead of trusting with God with all of our heart, we go, okay, God, I trust you, but let me just kind of add my two cents into it. Let me ask you something. Did God need your two cents when he created the heavens and the earth? Did God need your two cents when he wrote the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai? Did God need your two cents when he parted the water, when, when he kept Daniel out of the lion's mouth or the three Hebrew children from the flaming fire? Did God need your two cents when David killed Goliath? Matter of fact, your two cents probably would have said, wait a minute, God, you are going to send a teenager, a runt teenager, a teenager who has never even thrown a spear? Yeah, that's my guy. God, we got to talk about this thing. And then you're going to make that teenager a king? God, you're going to make that teenager a king? Are you kidding me? See, there are so many of us, we try to, if we don't trust God with all of our heart, we, we, we try to mix the two. And anytime you try to mix godly wisdom with your wisdom, you know what's going to happen? You're going to mess it up. Matter of fact, it tends to cancel out when you try to throw in your wisdom. It tends to cancel out the wisdom that comes from above. James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18 talks about that. And James is kind of the Proverbs, the wisdom book of the New Testament. You go to James chapter 1 and verse 5. It says this, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask Dr. Phil. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask Oprah. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask his doctor. If any man lacks wisdom, just ask your neighbor. <laughs> I, am, I am absolutely amazed how many people I know who will take their neighbor's advice over the advice of respected and studied people. It's just amazing to me. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Don't mix it with your own. Because he gives you more than enough. He gives it to you generously. He wants you to understand how to navigate life. He wants you to be able to trust the God on Monday that you sing about on Sunday. He wants you to embrace all that he has for you. Just don't mix it up. And when you say, God, give me wisdom, he does. And he gives to all. So here's what happens. Many people believe in God that they don't trust. And they'll hear godly wisdom on Sunday, but you cancel out that godly wisdom on Monday. 
You just cancel it out. You, you just make it ineffective. It doesn't work. So let's suppose today that in your spiritual gas tank, you fill it up with high-octane spiritual gasoline. And tomorrow you're kind of half full and you decide that you're going to kind of put in your own wisdom to kind of keep you spiritually going. And instead of putting high-octane gasoline in, you, uh, you decide to put a little Pepsi-Cola in that car. Because Pepsi keeps you going. Or coffee. Coffee keeps you people going. Coffee stunted my growth. I had to quit. But coffee keeps you going. But you know what's going to happen to your car. It may go, but it's not going to go as efficiently. It may function, but sooner or later, it's going to, it's going to clog out. I'm just simply saying you can't mix the two. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path because his vantage point is unlimited. When I was a kid growing up, we had, and I, I don't mean this to be offensive to you folks who are dog lovers, but we had the world's dumbest dog. His name was Dingus. We named him Dingus because he was the world's dumbest dog. I don't have time to tell you all the dumb things this dog would do. We'd go out and, and try to play with our Dingus the dumb dog. And he would get so excited. He, he, would, he would start chasing his tail around in the circle and his, his feet would start. When We didn't have a fencing yard, so we had him chained to a post under a shade tree, his doghouse over here. And so he would start getting his legs wrapped up in a chain. Then for some silly reason, he would bolt towards the tree. He would lap the tree two or three times. Then he would come back to where we were walking to and he would jump up and down and, and then he'd wrap around us and then he'd shoot back to the tree. And now I'm trying to untangle my dumb dog Dingus from being all tangled up. Now the dog thinks I'm playing with him. And so he does it even more, going around my legs, going around the thing, going back to the post, and he's just running everywhere. You don't touch him because he doesn't realize that's part of play. He is just, he's like berserk. And I'm just trying to help the dog. And then finally, you start pulling on him a little bit because he's over there, and now he starts resisting me. And I just let him go. And without fail, he would wrap himself around the tree until his neck was right up against the trunk of the tree. Now my dumb dog, Dingus, who didn't need me, all of a sudden decides he needs me. Because he does not know how to get his feet wrapped up, his chains wrapped up. He's all tangled up. He does not know how to get out of the mess. Listen, there are some of you, you are so tangled up 
because you consistently ignore the wisdom of God and the love of God and the grace of God and the direction of the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Spirit in your life. And it's easy for us to sing on Sunday about believing in a God, but Monday is when the rubber meets the road and we get all tangled up at work or we get all tangled up in relationships. We get wrapped around the tree in circumstances. And it's then when we've got to go, Lord, I trust you with all of my heart. Get me out of this mess. By the way, what does he do? He makes your path straight. Just a quick word about that. When the kings would go out of the rows, they, they not only were accompanied by a processional, but there would be construction workers that would go out in front of them and they would move the boulders and, and they would go out way ahead. They would know the route of the king and they would go and they would move the trees and the boulders and the rocks and then they would drag the road and make it level. And then the king and his processional would walk through. Do you understand what he just says? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In how many ways acknowledge him? In all your ways acknowledge him. And he removes the stubble. He removes the rubble. He removes the trees. He removes the boulders. He levels it out. But you got to let go of your own understanding. You got to let go of the things you trust in to trust in God with all your heart. I think I'm one of the few people that have never watched the movie Titanic in its entirety. I'm all about a boat sinking, but it's a chick flick with a boat sinking, is all it is. But in the last, there's a part of the movie where. Rose, who is in high society girl, is in love with Jack, just kind of a commoner. Jack is out on the bow of the boat. And Rose comes to him, and, and Jack reaches out, and she takes his hand. And he invites her up to the bow of the boat. And then he says, close your eyes. And then he says... Do you trust me? Do you trust me? She said, yes, I trust you. And he says, step up on the railing. And you know the scene. She steps up on the rail. She steps up on the rail. He takes her hands out, and then he lets, and it says, let go. And then she's going, you know, that, the line, I'm flying. She's really floating, but I'm flying. Listen, God in heaven is saying to many of you who believe, listen, you're hanging on the rail way too long. Let go. You're trusting in your own wisdom. You're trusting in your own understanding. You are only acknowledging what you want to acknowledge. That's not belief. That's not trusting God. God is saying to you and to me today, let go, trust me, let go, trust me with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And when you do, when you do his promises that he will direct your path. But he doesn't provide the direction until you trust him with all of your heart. Would you bow your heads for just a moment?